G'day everybody and welcome to this marketing thing. Do you feel like you're fighting competitors from all angles? And what's worse, more competitors are coming into that market and that leads to decreasing profit and profit margins because you feel like you have to lower your prices just to compete? This episode's for you. Hi, my name's Kyle Macker and I've been a pilot in the aviation industry for half my life. So you may be asking, why am I doing this marketing thing, right? Well, I'm so passionate about aviation. Flying a big jet is just awesome. There's nothing like it. However, I realized that being a pilot is nothing what it used to be, especially during COVID. If I wanted to live the life of my dreams on my terms, I was going to have to teach myself a new skill. So three years ago, I started my marketing journey. I dove deep into the marketing world. I dug into the books, psychology, persuasion, anything that would help with a person saying yes to a product or service. I love it, however I have a big problem. It's all theoretical knowledge and I have no hands-on experience and I still have so many questions. The biggest thing that I know is if we want our businesses to stand out in a noisy marketplace, we have to become better marketers. The best marketer will always win. So follow me on my journey and hopefully along the way it can help you spark up a few ideas that I've learnt so you can implement in your business. So make sure you subscribe to my channel so you don't miss the latest episodes. And also, if there's anything you want to know about, get in touch with me at thismarketingthing.com. So let's get into it. Welcome back. So guys, what I want to do is create a little mini series, basically on markets and how to come out of that market or position yourself in that market to make your competitors irrelevant. But first we need to establish some terminology. Now I'm gonna firstly talk about the three core markets, health, wealth, and relationships. Now these have been called the three core human desires as well. Now I don't really like that term because I think there's a lot of other human desires, although I can see what they're sort of saying is because human desires are probably wrapped up in one of those three in the health, wealth, and relationships markets so you can see where it is but I will probably use the three core markets although if I do use desires that's sort of what I mean. Now the next terminology that I want to establish it comes from a book called Blue Ocean Strategy. Now it was written by W. Chan Kim and Renee Mauborn and it was published by the Harvest Business School Press back in 2005. Now in it, it talks about red oceans and blue oceans. Now when I talk about red oceans, what I'm talking about is the waters have become bloody by businesses feeding on the blood of the customers. So it's a bloody red ocean. So profits have come down, profit margins are decreasing because of all these competitors entering a red ocean. Now, what I mean when I talk about a blue ocean and what they talk about in this book is coming out of that red ocean and moving into a blue ocean or creating your own blue ocean so there's no competitors in it. So with that terminology established, we can now talk about how markets were created, then sub-markets and then the niches as well. Now, I'm not sure who come up with this three core market idea. I don't really know. However, the first place I had heard about it and read about it 
was by an author named Russell Brunson. Now, he's an amazing marketer. He's got a lot of education out there on marketing. He's a very successful business owner because he's got a services a software company that he's taken from zero to over $100 million in revenue per year in about the space of three or four years, I think. But he's the first person I heard talking about this concept. Now, when this whole business thing started out, there was a health market, a wealth market, and a relationship market. Now, say, for example, the first guy selling relationship advice, he was in a blue ocean and he was in the relationship core market. But then, probably much like your own market, people looked at you and went, I can do that too. I can sell relationship advice. So then another person joins that market selling relationship advice. Now this competition. And instead of having a blue ocean, the ocean is starting to become red. And then four, eight, 10, 12, 20 competitors join that market. Profits start to go down because people start competing on price. And the products in that market start to become commodity-based products that are replicated all through the market by the competitors in that market. So profit margins go down. So then there was some clever cookies in these markets that went, I can't even make a living or compete in this market anymore. So they created what we call the sub-markets, sort of one step below or inside those big core markets. So an example of a wealth sub-market might be stock investing, digital marketing, real estate. But guess what happened in those sub-markets? People entered those markets too. Competition increased. Those markets become bloody and red. Now, this is where most people's businesses live. They live in the sub-markets, and that's why they have so much trouble and with competition. But the real wealth is one step below the sub-market. It's in the niches. You must create your own blue ocean. Create your own niche. As Russell Brunson says, the riches are in the niches, not in the sub-market. Now, notice I said there, create. Don't pick a niche. Because if you pick a niche, you're already entering a niche with competitors. You're entering a red ocean. So for example, wealth core market, real estate sub-market, flipping houses on Facebook Marketplace, that could be the niche. Now, I don't even know if that exists or if it's a thing or whatever, but what I'm trying to say, it needs to be created. The health, another example might be the health core market, sub-market strength training. Niche could be kettlebell training upside down or underwater. I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with something specific, prolific, and something that people can attach themselves to. Now, one more thing on sub-markets. These things are created all the time. There's an infinite number of them, but they usually usually start off as niches and they grow to become sub-markets. An example of some of these things that have been created over the last, I don't know, 100, a bit over 100 years now are some things like aviation, the vehicle industry, the oil and gas industry. And if you fast forward a little bit of time and look back over the last 30-ish type years, you see all sorts of new things like the biotech industry, cryptocurrency markets that we see today. What about Uber with ride sharing? They created a blue ocean when they changed the existing models of taxis. 
Now, I'm not saying that you have to go out and completely innovate or revolutionise an industry, much like the vehicle industry created a blue ocean when they created an alternate means of transport compared to the horse and car. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that you can look around in your industry and sort of see what's wrong, what could I change? Now we're gonna go into more of that next week when I talk about more how to create blue oceans. But one example that I do wanna touch on because I find it really interesting is in the vehicle industry and how you can create different blue oceans within an industry when people or businesses look around and they determine what's wrong with the industry, how can we change it, how can we innovate with inside that market or industry. So in 1893, the Duryear brothers created a blue ocean when they created the first motor vehicle. Now at that time, it was a niche blue ocean. But guess what happened? Competitors joined that small niche. And by 1908, there was 500 car manufacturers in the United States. It's crazy. Now, that was the same year Henry Ford created a blue ocean with his vehicle that was reliable, affordable, it was half the price of the nearest competitor, and he was able to do this because it came in a standard style, standard colour, which was black, and he leveraged the assembly line. Now, in 1924, GM created another blue ocean when it allowed customers to choose different colours and various features of the motor vehicle, and it released a new car every year. It made cars fashionable. Whereas Ford stuck with the horseless cart model. Now, GM's market share increased and then all the manufacturers did the same thing. They started copying GM. They would release a car every year. Now they're in a new red ocean. It was just a red bloody ocean again. In the 1970s, another blue ocean was created. But this time by the Japanese car manufacturers who created the small fuel efficient cars that we sort of see today. And in the 1970s, this was in the midst of an oil crisis in the United States, so it was perfect timing as well. Now, what I wanted to highlight in that example is that blue oceans can be created in any industry. It's just innovation within that industry. It doesn't have to be something so revolutionary like aviation or creating the first motor vehicle, for instance. Now you might be asking yourself, where does the motor vehicle submarket or industry, as I've been calling it, fit into the three core markets, health, wealth, and relationships? And this is where a lot of business owners come into some trouble with this because they go, where does mine fit? Because it's not an obvious fit. And in some cases it can fit into a couple of core markets. So while I'm on the automobile submarket, let's use that as an example. So back in the 1920s and 1930s when GM was talking about fashionable cars and you could change colours and features and you could take your family out on a Sunday for a picnic out into the country. That's relationships. But GM also sold light commercial vehicles to business owners. So that would be wealth. Actually, I think I've seen an ad recently about a small SUV and they pull up at the beach and the whole family gets all the picnic chairs out and all that sort of stuff and goes to the beach. That is relationships. Now, the reason we need to know this is because we need to know, and I'm going to say it, which core desire do we need to speak to? 
what marketing message do we need to use to market our services and products? Because it's not enough just to create a blue ocean, to create a niche blue ocean. That's fantastic. That's great. But you have to be able to market that as well. Because if you create it and just expect people to come, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. So you need to know which core market or core desire does your business fit into. So you can develop a sales message from that, like the SUV, family at the beach, relationships, right? Now, one last thing, if your business fits into two core markets or desires, if that's the case, you must have two separate advertisements that go to two separate funnels. You can only speak to one core desire or the marketing message must match only one core desire for one group or target audience, target customer. So you can't have mixed messaging. As soon as you ask people to start believing it's for relationships and for wealth and for health, it's confusing and conversion rates will drop drastically. So anyway, guys, I hope you like that chat about markets and blue oceans. Next week, we'll go into how to actually create blue oceans. Now, not an easy thing to do, but we'll take a deep dive into it. Hope you liked the episode. Let me know what you think. Liked it, didn't like it. Don't forget to subscribe. I've also got a Facebook group called This Marketing Thing. Love to have you in it. Until next week, see you guys later. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to get a hold of me, I'd love to hear from you at thismarketingthing.com. Until next time, see you later.